Welcome to Volunteer Connection, the podcast for Girl Scout troop leaders. What's beautiful about Girl Scouts is that it takes girls outside of their comfort zones and encourages them to learn and grow and change the world. But Girl Scouts doesn't just do these great things for girls, it does the same things for the adults in the movement too. This podcast is to celebrate those amazing adults, to share lessons learned, advice, and best practices, and to tell their stories. Okay, let's start with um, just a basic introduction. Who are you? What council are you most closely affiliated with? And how are you involved with Girl Scouts? Sure. I am Christy Goodman, and I am in the uh, in South Texas. So it's Girl, Scou- Girl Scouts of Southwest Texas is our council. Uh, I'm here in San Antonio, and um, I have two troops, two daughters, two troops. Um, one troop, um, they both started in kinder, but one is uh, uh, our high school seniors, so they're about to be bridging to adults. And uh, my other troop are uh, high school sophomores. So they, their whole time, they've all been in the same grade. Each troop has uh, all the troop members, so we're not multi-level or anything. That's amazing. I love, love, love hearing about older girl troops, and especially having girls about to bridge to adults. You must be so and also sad. Yes, exactly. So. Um, what was it a decision to stay single level for both troops or is that just kind of the norm in your area it is um well at least at the time when they were forming it was more the norm uh the way we did um membership rallies we would get together at a grade level and um and if we had enough to form a troop then that's what we did and um my older troop started with eight girls. They're at six now. We've had some people move away and others join the troop uh, when their troops disbanded or something. Um, so there are two girls who started together at kinder. And then the other troop started with a lot more. I can't even remember exactly. I want to say maybe, maybe like 16 girls. And the same thing just over time, you know, some would move away or, or move out and do other things. So um, they are now, when they did their senior, I'm mean, sorry, their silver award, there were nine girls and now we have six. Um, yeah, and, and they are all uh, at some point working on their gold awards. And in the older troop, we have two and, well, really three who've earned their gold. One, we're waiting on the uh, actual official letter, but she finished her project. That is just so cool. And I know we talked about this a little bit online, but I'd love if you wouldn't mind, if you're comfortable sharing Mm -hmm. listeners, what are some of the projects that the girls have done? Oh, sure. Um, It's very exciting. So the, uh, let me, let me start with the older troop. Um, Since, oh, sorry, I hit the mic. Um, Since we have uh, two who uh, are totally done with their projects. um, One, worked with a um, kind of a shelter here in town that um, supports girls or teenage girls who are uh, pregnant and uh, or recently had a baby and she is a photographer and that's that's actually the career field that she's going to be going into so she set aside a couple of weekends uh, scheduled with them to do family photo shoots and she bought props and took their pictures and gave them photo albums um, and uh, then donated all those supplies, including the photo printer and all of that so that they could keep that going um, because she knows how she had done research and found how impactful it is for children to see themselves in pictures and, you know, with their family and all. So, um, so that one um, was uh, she actually did that pretty quick um, and finished last uh, fall. Um, another girl was um, when she was in middle school with our troops, she was going through some very severe cyberbullying with threats and uh, went on through the whole year. We're trying to get police involved and the school um, actually was very good with what they could do, but they were limited in what they could do. We never did find out who did it. Um, and um when she was looking for what she wanted to do for her goals, she want, knew she wanted to do something related to that. Um, and right about that time, a foundation was founded here in San Antonio by the parents of a boy who committed suicide after being cyberbullied. And they 
worked with a congressman to form a law and Kara helped get that passed called David's Law that gives schools in Texas more um, ability to uh, step in and help. It gives police more ability. Um, and um, so she test, she was the only survivor who testified uh, before the legislature. And um, her troop kind of became a safe place for her. At the time, a lot of those girls were at different schools. Uh, some were in the same school with her, but that was a place where she knew that she was safe when we had our troop meetings and when they, she saw them in school and all. So that one was very, very powerful. Um, so those are two, I, I kind of went long on those. My, the one that we're just waiting on the okay is my own daughter who, um, both my daughters were premature uh, by nine weeks. And she saw some research showing the um, impact of babies hearing development in the NICU when they're not, no longer hearing sounds at the just low frequencies. You start hearing high sounds and the hospital beeps and all those kinds of things. And premature uh, babies grow up having more, a much higher chance of having language uh, disabilities like dyslexia or something, which her sister has without a family history. And so she created some kits for one of the local NICUs that uh, where parents can record the babies, um, can record their voice singing or praying or uh, telling stories or whatever. And then the hospital staff play, play it, they play it back like overnight or sometime and it's filtered, filters out the high frequencies. Uh, so she's delivered those kits. We're just waiting on the committee to give her the final, um, yes, you're done, <laughs> uh, which I know will happen, but uh, um, so that one's just going. So those are three from the older troop, and I can just tell you uh, quickly some of the ones for the younger troop. Um, we have a girl who's making sensory bottles for autistic children, and she's going to create a website that shows how to do that. Um, I have a girl who is a runner and she has created some games and um, learning tools for young, like elementary age kids who are runners uh, about heat awareness. Um, it, you know, South Texas is very hot. So when they are in running season, um, it's something that they need to be guard, uh, guarded against. And she, she noticed that all of the tips and advice and everything was written for older older kids and for adults. So she made these games for, uh, for the younger ones. Um, my younger daughter is, is a coder and she is going to be coding games, game apps for children who are in the hospital uh, and it'll have inspirational messages as they reach each level. Uh, let's see, we have a girl who's making a puppet show set and kind of Muppet style puppets for her church. Uh, children's ministry. They've just expanded their church, um, that facility, and they don't have anything like that. And she's very into theater and knows how important that is to self-development and storytelling and all. So um, those are, that's a few, few of them. These are amazing. And there's so many things I love about this. First of all, these young women are incredible. Like what they're doing, all, every single project, I was like, wow, that's great. Wow, that's yeah. Really great. So that's amazing. And you must be so inspired as the volunteer. Yes, absolutely. And then secondly, they're so varied. And I love that. Like it just shows um, all the different things that could possibly be done. I think so often if you frequent the forums and whatnot, people mm -hmm. look for ideas and they, they want to, you know, kind of encourage their troop to bounce off of other ideas that they're hearing about or something like that. And I, and I think, gosh, you could literally do anything. I mean, these yeah. are just, and so I love that. I love the, the diversity in project. And then the third thing, and I'm so glad that you shared this, is in pretty much every example you shared, you talked about why that specific girl chose that project, like what it meant to her or what her experience or background was with it. And I think- yeah. They all have a personal connection. So yeah. Cool. So yeah, there, there's one I was I did want to mention. She has a lot of skin cancer in her family, and so she's doing. She created a video about skin cancer for um, uh, teenagers, especially. So that just like is just incredible. So, um, are all the girls in your troops 
working toward or have they already earned gold? Like, are they all? Yeah, they're all in some stage. There's a couple who are uh, writing their proposals still, so they're very early, and um, and then others are close to completion, or yeah, somewhere in the in the range there. Yeah, the seniors, of course, are trying to finish up um, in the next couple of months um, before they're before they graduate, but they have till September, end of September. No, of course, not every girl, well, most girls don't, don't make it in Girl Scouts all the way through high school, but even the ones that do, not everyone pursues their gold. So um, I don't know if it's that you just have a group of girls that's very focused on that, or if you focus your troop on take action projects in the past, and the importance of high words. Can you speak to that at all? Sure. I think um, they, they've had a lot of practice. So the, the process is very familiar to them and their sense of uh, self-empowerment to take it on is um, a lot of that came from uh, in addition to their own initiative and, and family and all of that, but also through the, the time that they've been with the troops, they've been following those steps. So even in, uh, gosh, fourth grade, they, um, they, we, you know, started doing the journeys. That's when they first started coming out and um, they did pretty big projects at that time. Um, uh, as their take action project, it wasn't even for their bronze. They did that the next year. Um, one troop held a doggy Olympics and the, the entrance fee was a stuffed animal and they donated those to a local fire station um, to give to children that they uh, work with. Um, and it, I mean, it was this whole big event that they had, none of them had ever seen in person, um, but they they went from, you know, beginning to end, putting that together. And then um, the other troop, one of their journeys, well, no, for that, that same fourth grade year, um, I think it was the agent of change journey, which is really nice. It gives you a lot of flexibility. Um, they collected baby blankets for a uh, local nonprofit that has a mobile health unit that goes into um, uh, colonias outside San Antonio. And sometimes they deliver babies in that, that unit. It's big. We, we got a tour of it. Uh, and they would not have a blanket to send home with a baby to, you know, wrap the baby up in. And so they desperately, that's something that they said that they needed. And so they did this huge collection drive for that. Um, so, and they went through the process of even since they were doing the collection drive at school, they did a formal presentation to the vice principal or the principal to get permission and practice that presentation. Um, and I stood in the back of the room and took pictures while they did their, their presentation. So, um, and then when we're done with a project, we always include reflection. Um, that's really key for, to help them just uh, see what they would do different, what they liked, what they did, what they learned from it, and then that carries into their next project. So at every stage, we've done some kind of big or small take action project or service project. Um, and so that just kind of became habit to them in some ways. I just love everything about this. We could just talk about high awards this whole podcast and I would be thrilled, but I do want to talk about more. So um, were you a Girl Scout when you were growing up? And if so, for how long? I was. I started, I think uh, at the time, I think it was second grade uh, as a Brownie and um, stayed with that troop until my family moved across town. I was in late fourth grade and we found a troop there. And um, that lasted through, at the time, sixth grade was part of elementary. And so I stayed uh, in until that time. And then the leader didn't stick with it, kind of fizzled out at that point. Um, and um, so that, that'd that be like four years, I guess, uh, with two different troops. Um, the first one was probably a little more close-knit because we had grown into it together. And um, um, I, I remember the brownie ceremony like, like just like it was yesterday because she put that troop leader put that mirror in their garden out uh to the side of the house with a bunch of brush and all it just looked like a little pool where you could see your reflection and uh, that was one of the things that caught me at the very beginning i love that you remember that um <laughs> we actually my girls who bridged to brownies we did not do that we did like a, a neighborhood bridging ceremony and 
is nothing with it. I know the tradition, of course, but um, and yeah. never did it at our own meeting either. And now I'm thinking like, oh, that's why those little details are so important because you just never know what's going to stay with someone. And I know. And you know the brownie story where they, they woke up in the uh, middle of the night and they cleaned up or made the shoes or whatever they did. I think it was the shoes. Um, I remember one Saturday morning, Chris, I always woke up before my parents to watch the cartoons. And I got up and I tried to clean up the living room without them knowing and they didn't know the story so they didn't even I don't even know if they noticed right away I had to tell them I had done it because the house wasn't that messy <laughs> I should have waited for a busier messier day that's adorable being you know really inspired to do that myself well that's great I mean I think that's probably why they want us to tell the kids the story I don't know that the girls were so excited to go home and clean we did <laughs> read it but, and they loved the story Yes. Love to help, but I don't know that I don't know if that's that happened for any of them. But but that's adorable that ha- that that's what you did. Um, okay, so what made you decide to get involved as a volunteer, like with your girls, and why do you continue to come back? Well, you know, I um I wanted them to try to try Girl Scouts because I knew um how you know how much fun it was for me and um in both cases, the, the troops had another troop leader and I was some kind of an assistant. I'm a professional communicator, so I could help. I'm very organized. So I would help with, um, you know, getting updates to uh, parents and that kind of thing. Um, and in fact, my oldest troop, the troop leader was, her commitment was just that first year. She was a kindergarten teacher and she, and that's what she would do is take a daisy troop back then daisies was one year and um she would be the troop leader and then she would hand it over to someone else one of the parents or somebody and um and in both cases you know something happened where that that leader um well one moved away and and another one the other one needed to step down just because of some other things that were going on but she stayed very active with the troop and of course her daughter did too and um and so I just, that can just kind of evolved in a way. There wasn't like a, a day when like, okay, now I'm the troop leader. It just kind of um, evolved. And, um, and then I, and I would tell the girls, you know, they, I would stay with them as long as they wanted me to. And if they wanted to stay for the gold, then I would stay that long too. And it's okay if they didn't, but um, um, that's just kind of how that that grew and each with each year you start to see how it impacts your own children and and you see it start to see impact with the others and um and so yeah so I just just stayed on I think it's I know you said that it's the your oldest troop it was only two girls who've been together all the way through although I think two the two girls staying together all the way through is amazing but you have six girls who are ambassadors correct and they're all 12th yeah. grade right that is incredible so no matter at what point they came into the troop how do you have tips or suggestions or anything discussion wise um as to older girl retention and older girl programming as and how do we keep girls engaged in girl scouting where you know it's mutual like they're getting something out and um, mm-hmm. engaged in it well, you know, a couple of things. One is, um, you know how Girl Scouts revamped some things a number of years ago, and they went in and talked to girls and said, and asked them that question, and then changed the program. Uh, I know when I was young, it was teenage girls didn't talk about being Girl Scouts. They would not wear uniform. They, you know, once once they got up into junior high and high school, um, and things have changed now. My girls, they'll hold a collection drive at high school. They're selling Girl Scout cookies in their high school and they, they are proud of it. And, um, so I think that's part of it is the, the leadership experience they're seeing for themselves, what a difference it's uh, making for them and, and their connection to each other. Um, I think another thing is once they began middle school, we had to change our meeting structure and timing. So real practical. Um, Before that, they met like every other week uh, after school or in the evening. I was in the evening because the parents were all working and uh, myself included. And so we would meet somewhere. But then once they got into middle school, we changed to um, generally once a month. I think the younger troop might have met a little more than that, but um, 
the younger troop would meet for like two hours on a Saturday. They were at my house just this morning. Um, and then some other activity would happen during, you know, during that month. So it wasn't just, just that two hour period. Um, and then the older troop, they started doing overnight meetings. And so we'd get together like on a Friday night and have the uh, bulk of the meeting. They might finish things up, do some other things in the morning, but after the meeting part, they would play games or watch a movie or just hang out together. Um, as I said, those girls, um, or different schools. So sometimes they wouldn't see each other except at those meetings. And so they'd have some catch up time to do. And, um, and so that's, that had to happen because they're so involved in other things. Um, once they both troops came to high school, we actually take a break in the fall during football season because they're so um, engaged with activities. Some are in band, some are in pep squad, some are in uh, ones in dance. Um, and so she, it's not football season for her, but that's when her performance season is. Uh, and so we don't, don't even try to pretend we're going to meet. Um, we just, just let that two, two and a half months go by and then we come back together. But we would start with something in August to kind of kick off the year um, and um, regroup from the summer. Um, but that's been a really really important part and I think the third thing is um, their uh, parental support I think from early on when I would meet with parents and we would or just talk with them we would talk about what our goals are for the girls like not in terms of activities because that's what the girls decide but um, I used to tell them in elementary my goal was to shore these girls up with self-confidence, just like exuding self-confidence so that once middle school hits and starts chipping away at it, that they are still have a strong sense of self. And, um, and the parents really wanted that too, of course. And so that they, they wanted their girls to stay as well. And they didn't see it as a club or something. They saw it just as, as part of their family and, um, and their desires for what their girls would grow to become. I just love everything about this. <laughs> okay. What is obviously there are so many, but what is one or some of your proudest moments as a Girl Scout leader? Um, yeah, there are. And uh, I mean, so, uh, many. So I was trying to think of this one. I, I'm going to give an example from each troop because I can't just pick one. But um, the older troop, well, actually for both, I, I started on um, working on some media literacy things with them over time. Um, when I worked in on the Hill in Washington, one of my responsibilities was looking, uh, following policy related to media literacy and teen uh, training. And um, so I created kind of a workshop for the girls. This was in late elementary. And then we would come back to it in meetings and the older troop, um, they did their journey tech action project about um, advertisements and, and portrayal of, of girls in teen magazines and all that kind of stuff. And they made that made, they made that their project. But um, when someone else came into the troop and I would show them some video, you know, we had gone through the Olay videos, they're, they're wonderful. Um, and um, there was some Ted talk, I think one day we were watching and it was one girl's first meeting and, I, and one of the girls told her, this is something we do. You know, like, so it wasn't like me pushing it on them that they had made that an important thing for them. And I've heard them talk as they start to write their scholarship essays about um, that, that self-confidence being something that they got from Girl Scouts. So that makes me really proud. That's um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the other troop, now these girls, these troops have completely different personalities. I mean, they're all very committed and caring, but their energy level and their, um, um, the way they relate to each other is, uh, is different, of course. And the younger ones, they started out in different schools, but once they hit junior high, they are middle school, they're, they were all in the same school. Uh, school and they saved places for each other at lunch and they were really tight knit once they got there. Um, and when we were looking at possibilities for their civil award project, um, we had a brainstorming session and I asked them, what are some things that you want to learn more about to consider for the silver? Um, and I was prepared to steer the, steer them away from, you know, puppies or parks or something, things that, you might expect at that age, but they really 
surprised me because what they decided to learn more about was racism, eating disorders, and LGBTQ uh, sensitivity. And these were things that they care about and that is, is something they, um, it, it's around them in school. It's just things that they wanted to deal with more than what they would do in a classroom. And so in the next three meetings, we had somebody come in and talk to them about each, you know, each one of those. And um, then they, they had a huge debate about what they would make for their project and finally decided on eating disorders because no one was working on that around them. Nobody was talking about it. And so they wanted to do that. But, um, but just the fact that they came up with those three issues that they felt like they felt safe about it, that they agreed on it. Um, and, um, and then, and then pursued it so that they could learn more. And we talked about it some today about how that has stuck with them. I'm so glad that you shared that story because, um, so I have mostly fourth and fifth graders. I have multi mm -hmm. group, but I've mostly fourth and fifth graders. My fifth grade group just finished their bronze and we started last year and we really let them take the lead on this. Like as far as the girl led piece, I, there's times where we kind of walk the line as far as like, what are we spoon feeding them and then letting them take leadership within that? And then what are they truly just doing on their own? And again, I have elementary schoolers, so it's, it's definitely different than high school. But, um, but in this case, it was so important to me, especially because fifth grade is such a huge drop off point for retention. Um, it was so important to me that the bronze award was something they completely conceived on their own, that they did all of the, they came up with the idea, they did all of the research, they um, came up with the ideas of what they actually wanted to do for their actual project. And, um, and the pride in that is something that is unmatched. And I think similar to what you're saying, so we have fourth graders who are starting it now. They want to work with um, homeless animals. That's their thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, mm -hmm. especially at fourth grade, that's it's amazing. It'll be a great project, whatever it Absolutely. turns out to be. Um, but the, the list that the fifth graders came up with completely on their own blew me away. I, and I brought a list of my own suggestions on my clipboard and tell them I had it. And I just thought if this needs to get the ball rolling or if I need to give them ideas here or there, or if nobody's really contributing, like maybe this will help kind of beef up the list a little bit. And I didn't have to give a single one. It, they came up with, I think, 16 or 17 really <laughs> incredible ideas. And I thought, oh my gosh, I, I mean. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it is, it is. And to think, how can I support them to do this? Because these are big things, you know, they're really totally uh, having deep conversations in a safe place. Yeah. And I think um, when you were talking about how the take action projects that your troop did outside of high awards too, I think that's so important to kind of mention also, because I think for troops out there who are struggling with, you know, you have an idea, but maybe it didn't get approved by your council, or you have several really good ideas in your group of what they want to do. They can do more than one thing. Like one thing is going to get them their bronze award or their silver award or their gold award. She only get right. one, but you can do all the take action projects that you want. And, and if there's council questioning whether or not it's considered technically take action or service, if it's important to the girls, they should do it. They should get involved in it and they should take action on it. And you should show them as a leader, you should show them that they can. If something matters to them, if they feel strongly about something, if they're interested in it, if, if something feels wrong to them, that they have the power to take action on that. That's the whole point of it, right? So exactly. whether or not they're getting an award for it is besides the point. Mm -hmm. um, they'll get awards through their whole life if they are able to establish that mentality, especially as young as fourth and fifth grade. As you gave your example, these fourth graders who started out with these journeys and, and really establishing a strong sense of confidence around taking action. And now these gold awards that every single one of them is completing, it's just, it's just incredible. Yes, yes. Okay, so that's my little soapbox about that. <laughs> I actually was just on a thread um, today about um, bronze award ideas, and it was adults talking about how this other idea could be made into a bronze award project that a troop could kind of piggyback off of and take action on. And I thought, where are the girls in this conversation? And I am so not the girl-led police, but in this specific instance, it's like, <laughs> let 
do it because they are going to blow you away what they are capable of doing. There's so many things. I know as adults, like this can lead me into another question. For us, for so many of us, and it sounds like with your experience, you have a lot of opportunities. You, you take a lot of opportunities in your life to speak up and take action in your own right. But for so many adults who are involved with Girl Scouts, this is an incredible opportunity for us too. We're learning business skills. We're doing take action projects. We're, you know, this is such a sense of, of volunteering and community service in itself, but then also the extra volunteering you do with your troop. Um, just, you know, there's so many ways that we're building our own leadership skills and that we're getting these incredible experiences too. And look, I also stopped after sixth grade. I have such envy of girls who are an adult who earned their um, gold award. <laughs> so I get wanting to do it. I really <laughs> but <laughs> there's nothing stopping you from doing that either. So especially with other Girl Scout leaders, like get together and do a take action project for a leader's night out then or whatever. Like let the girls have this. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I said that was my soapbox and now I'm back on it. Anyway. So um, point of that being Girl Scouts is not just to help girls grow. And part of the reason why I started this podcast to begin with is because I want to um, I think what the girls do is amazing. And I think Girl Scouts is incredible for what it does for girls. That's why I chose to get involved as a volunteer. And I think so many of us can relate to that. But what surprised me is, in my own experience, is that like it's also for adults to grow. And so I want adults to be able to share their um, accomplishments and to tell their stories also. So what is one way that you feel you've been impacted or changed through the experience of volunteering with Girl Scouts? Well, I, you're right. You're so right. And there's so much that it's almost hard to quantify, but um, because I hear things that other troops around me are doing and I'm just, like you said, blown away. I'm like, oh, that was such a good idea. I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> and, um, and I'm so excited about what they're doing. So we, we learn from each other, you know, the, um, the here we call them communities used to be service units when we have those meetings and we share ideas and and talk about um issues that we're facing or, or you know need advice on something then we have that support network and and i feel the same with the with the parents of the girls in my troop i mean we have an opportunity to um just kind of know that what our, we're experiencing we're not the only ones you know I think that's something that a lot of people um or like we all need to know that whatever we're dealing with we're not the only one we're not alone about it and so to um be able to when we are chaperoning an event or something we have an opportunity to be together and and um share notes on what you know what our kids are going through at the time and um how we support them and how we support each other um I think those are, those are some of the main things, but another is, you know, there are things I would not have had the opportunity to do if I wasn't doing it through Girl Scouts. So for example, I don't know how many times we have gone zip lining, but I love it. And uh, there's a place now in Helotus where we are, where we actually are just across the street from uh, San Antonio. Um, and there's an amazing zip line place with like 10 lines. Um, and uh, I took both troops out there and in August and see, you know, they have to be chaperones. So I have to zip line with them. And, um, I just, I just love that kind of thing too. And, um, we took the girls rock climbing last year and, um, other kinds of things like that. They're, they're not necessarily real outdoorsy girls, um, in the older troop anyway, but they love to do those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, I don't know that I would have uh, done it or had that opportunity if it wasn't for, you know, being a troop leader. Great answer. Um, okay, so on that note, what one of the coolest adventures or experiences that you've gotten to do with, we can say with both, with, with each troop? <laughs> um, well, besides, you know, some of those things that I've talked about, but they, they, they do, we do usually go out of town once a year, uh, or like once a school year. Um, and uh, so when they were younger, we went to NASA at, in Houston and did, they have a really great STEM overnight program. And so we slept under space capsules there in the NASA center and um, had a tour of the facility and that kind of thing. And so um, 
we've done camping and over time they've kind of gone from the real rustic camping to um, actually more YMCA camps. There's one that's about five hours away that is fabulous. And then I found one uh, since then it's opened up about an hour and a half away um, where we get to have that time together and the girls really, um, really value that time. And um, I was asking my older trip were kind of reflecting, getting ready for their bridging ceremony. And I asked them, what are things that you've done that challenged you or that you've learned to do in Girl Scouts? And some of them talked about those campouts and um, trying new things and, and having that time away from the, the hustle and bustle of school and that kind of thing. So um, I don't know. It's just, just the chance to do things with the girls that way and see them try something new. Yeah, that's cool. So how do you... With, with taking trips, how do you determine where you're going to go? Because one thing that we've run into with the younger girls, and I think that this would get better as they get older, but um, they only know what they've already done. So yeah. when I was in Girl Scouts, we took a big sixth grade trip to Savannah, and it's one of my greatest memories. I was on the East Coast at the time, now I'm in Arizona, so not as yeah. feasible. But yeah. um, so now that I have girls going into sixth grade, one of the things we've talked about is doing a special sixth grade trip. And their ideas so far, we're in the very beginning stages, are all places that they've gone. And so <laughs> how do you decide where to go? Are they things that girls, a girl brings to the table like, I've heard of this and I want to do it, or I've gone and it was really fun? Or do you bring ideas or do you have them research stuff? How do you decide where you're going? Well, you know, one thing we haven't, we haven't done that I kind of wish we, we had figured out a way would be to make a trip like you're talking about to Savannah or... Um, I, they're, they're in the older troop, there've been some girls who really wanted to go do cleanup at the beach. And we haven't just had been able to find a chunk of time where we could do that. Um, you know, during the summer when everybody's available, uh, cause we're still like two to three hours away from the beach. And so, um, so we haven't done those kind of trips. I think the older girls are wanting to do something when they graduate. So we'll see if they come up with something like that. But, um, but what they've mostly done is either like those, like the NASA thing, they spent the night on a uh, battleship in Corpus Christi called the USS Lexington and they have a scout program. So it's mostly Boy Scouts who go, but um, we like to go and be as noisy as we can. So they know we're there um, as Girl Scouts. Um, and, uh, but those are things that our council offered, you know, like they promoted that those were available. So we'd go through the resource guide, um, that the council would bring out. And, um, so that would be one thing I would kind of show them the things that were available at their level in town and out of town, and, and they would get really excited about something. And so that's what we would kind of put on the agenda. Um, for the camping, we would go, we started out going to the council campgrounds and then, um, there was a program at uh, a more rustic, but a really nice uh, YMCA camp real close. And so some of the troops go there and our, our service unit um, campouts would be there. And so they would kind of experience and like that and want to go as a troop. And so, um, especially for the younger troop, they really like to camp and, um, and have that time together. And, um, and so that's what we would do each year. So we, we haven't done been like that kind of travel troop that goes to other cities and things. Um, it's more just get out of town and be together and be able to run around and yell and play gaga ball and all that kind of stuff. Sounds so fun. So on what's one of the craziest or silliest memories you have? One is we did a spa. We, the council had scheduled a spa night for troops and, and, uh, at that time it was probably the hardest thing about being a troop leader is scheduling everybody. <laughs> um, but uh, we had finally found a night where they could do it. They could do it on the night of the council. And then the council, the, the person leading it was sick. And we found out two days before. And I was not going to let the girls not do the spa night because they had been looking forward to it so much. And so um, actually a staff member at council brought a bucket of supplies of what they would have done and brought them to me. And then I threw in some other things um, at a at a a store nearby where they do makeovers and that kind of thing so we did that but then the evening back at my house they did chocolate masks 
it was great um, because like my youngest daughter, she's not into makeup or anything like that, but she was all over having the chocolate on her face. Uh, it was hilarious. Um, the older troop, one of their overnights after we'd done all the formal stuff, they did a blind makeup challenge. Um, just, I don't even know where they got the ideas. I guess it's something other girls were doing, but they put blindfolds on and then put makeup on each other. So just, you know, being good. That sure does sound silly. <laughs> Yeah. So what has been um, one of your biggest challenges for you as a troop leader? Well, I mentioned scheduling and that really is, I mean, thank heavens for email and, and listservs and that kind of thing that makes it a little easier than it was when our girls started. But because um, it's, you know, so many different families to get together and the girls are really busy, but boy, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I have to do to make it you know, where everybody can be there or as many as can, um, so that they can still do their, do their activities and, and work on badges or whatever it is they're, they're doing. Um, you know, I don't know. I think early on, I, you know, I'm not very good at conflict resolution. I know that's a strength you have. It is not one that I have. So when we would have, um, you know, you have drama within the troop, but, um, I didn't have a problem telling the girls to, you know, y'all need to remember that your sisters and, and figure this out. But um, with, I know that in the early days, there were some parents I probably upset and just because of my um, weakness <laughs> and I regret that, but you know, most of them we've all worked it out since then, but you know, that's probably the biggest challenge is when there's misunderstandings and how to, how to uh, overcome that. Yeah, especially with the amount of years that you have been involved with this group, I'm sure, I'm sure that that's been a thing. There's no way for you to get through, you know, 13 years with Girl Scouts with a group of people and not, especially other women, but with a group of people in general and not have any conflict. So yeah, yeah. And I will say, you know, having two troops, I mean, that's a lot of responsibility, but, and it wouldn't be possible if really, I, I'm not just saying it with other parents taking on roles um, in one troop, another parent manage, manages the whole cookie sale, and she is amazing, and really enjoys it, and uh, another troop, I have another uh, parent who, their family is a pulsar cupboard, and I'm so grateful for that, and another one, somebody does the treasure duties, and someone else does the nut sale uh, management, and so, um, and we have other people who are the uh, first aiders, of course. And so they all just take that on. And sometimes we rotate it a little bit. If somebody needs to take a break for something, then then someone else will take it up. And it's the only way to, to do it, even though there's there are probably smaller troops than so many other people have. But it's still, you still have those jobs to do and deadlines to meet. So if you could go back and talk to the version of you when you were first starting out as a volunteer with Girl Scouts, what would you tell yourself? Well, you know, I, I, um, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I, there's no way I could have anticipated how much fun this is and how rewarding it is. Um, I, I, I think I'm better at this at, uh, with the girls at the older age because at the younger, we're dealing more with a little bit of more discipline kind of stuff and please get off the table and get out from under the table and that kind of thing. But, um, but they have so much energy and they're so soaking up, you know, whatever you can bring to them and uh, the experiences that they have um, at younger ages too. So I think, um, I don't know, it would have been, it, it, it I think I would have been surprised at how much was before us. Um, so I might've just told myself to hang on, you know, and just let the ride go because it's so fun. I love that. Um, similarly, what advice do you have for brand new troop leaders who are just starting out? Uh, well, my advice would be do not try to do everything. And I don't mean just managing the troop, but, there are so many patches that are available in the journeys um, and higher awards and all of that. Don't set yourself up thinking that you have to do cover all of that. It's the reason there's so much is so that the girls can choose what they're interested in and what they want to pursue. And so um, don't like, if you start on a 
badge work with the girls and they don't want to finish, fine. Um, if the journey needs to take, you know, several months to work on and it's really working well for them, then, then do that and adjust your schedule if you need to, you know, let, let some things go. And, um, but the whole point is for the girls to choose. Um, and even at a young age, we used to, we, I used to have them vote on, on badges. I would give them a list of like five or six badges and say, okay, is, we're going to vote on two of them. And we tried, we practiced different ways of voting, you know, raising your hand or the, the silent vote. You could do two cards. You could vote twice and put it in a little shoe box or different things like that to let the girls decide when they were young. Um, but I also wanted to mention, I asked, uh, I, I had a, a true meeting here at the house this morning and I asked them what advice they would give new leaders. And, uh, one of the girls said for like the daisies, um, think outside of the craft box and, and think of other things for them to do besides coloring and crafts, which I thought was good advice. She's an artist by the way. Um, and another girl, um, said, um, don't worry if things get off, get off track. Um, because that's where the fun comes in. That's how she put it. Uh, I love that you asked them. That is so cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So similarly, what advice would you give someone who's considering whether or not to step into this role? I'd say give it a shot. I mean, just, just um, trust yourself. Trust the strength that you have. Um, and seek support where you need it. Um, like I would bring in experts to come talk about things or, or facilitate things um, over time. And um, don't, so don't think that you have to do it all yourself, but, um, but it is just dip your toe into it. Just starting for one year does not mean that you're committed for the next 12. Um, you might want might not want to let it go, but uh, which is good. So, uh, but give it a shot and, and pay attention to what the outcomes are that Girl Scouts is designed for, um, and know that that's a process, um, and um, it's really rewarding for both the girls and for volunteers. Take your strengths and use that. Love it, love it. Okay, so the last question I have for you is. What is one of your favorite or one of the best resources you've found um, or maybe a go-to that you use to run your troop? And this could be anything from uh, like GSUSA or a council training or event. It could be a blog that you found online or the volunteer toolkit, which happened while you were already a troop. I don't know if that even mattered for you because I don't know how, if they even have older girl stuff in there. Anyways, Pinterest. They just started putting in the older stuff, so yeah. we haven't that but for the younger troop I might like they're, they're wanting to do first first aid patch so I know that there's some things uh in there um that would be helpful and some of the stem patches um like that's where they are so I've got to figure out how to do that myself but um lately you know I discovered the Facebook group in this last year um a couple of them uh, um that I I find very encouraging um Sometimes there's a little bit of ranting, you just kind of have to let that go by, but um, unless you feel you want to contribute, but um, you know, I just, when I'm looking for ideas, um, one thing I always try to build in is some cooperative learning kind of game. Um, and so I would go online and find um, not just any game, but a cooperative learning game. Um, for the girls to do and sometimes that's through a Girl Scout resource and sometimes it's from teachers um, websites um, have some good things like that and so I would look for those um, to incorporate some kind of game uh, especially for the younger troop because they they love to move around so if we have anything I cannot like me talk and they listen that just isn't isn't going to work with them so <laughs> um, yeah so that's it kind of depends on what I'm looking for. Um, that's great. So do you have anything else that you wanted to share? Any parting words of advice or wisdom or any other stories you wanted the opportunity to tell on here before we sign off? Well, you know, there is one about the cookie sale and, um, you guess we're in the middle of it right now. Um, and my older troop, we've been talking about what 
well, actually, they brought it up about what they've learned from participating in the cookie sale. They're, like I said, I mean, they're doing their scholarship applications and college applications and um, have been using that as an example um, and of the skills that they've learned with goal setting and uh, money management and dealing with customers and, and uh, all of those elements. Um, and I think it's, I, I'm really happy to, to, to know that they they felt that, uh, but also they're not just learning how to make change, uh, you know, from from at the booth or something. The younger troop uh, last year was doing some what if scenarios with them, and I asked them just kind of off the top of my head, what do you do if you only have one case of mints and somebody wants to come buy the whole box, the whole case at a booth, and then you just have these other cookies and. That turned into a 30-minute conversation. I mean, I was prepared to tell them, well, a sale's a sale, let them buy the case. And there were girls in the room who felt that way too. And then one of the other girls said, yeah, that happened to me and I wouldn't sell it to them. She said, I explained to them, I need mints here to sell the other cookies. Um, and that, and the buyer realized that, you know, he understood that and bought some mints and some of the other cookies. And, and I think it was a really smart business decision on her part. So we had a long conversation about that. And I mentioned that to the, uh, some of the girls in the older troop and, you know, they were, they're um, driving already. One of them said, well, I would just uh, find out what their address is and deliver a box of cookies and, <laughs> and go get it from council. And, and, you know, so I could keep some here at the booth. So the fact that they came up with so many different options uh, to that really real business kind of question, I think is really um, exciting. That's all for today's episode. We want to tell your story too. If you or someone you know is interested in being on the podcast, check us out at www.girlscoutpodcast.com. We want to hear from you. This podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by GSUSA. It is completely run by volunteers and girls. Follow us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or at www.girlscoutpodcast.com.